Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting and hosted by my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to provide you with practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can find show notes for the podcast over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. We're so glad you're here. I want my kids going into their school and next time they have this conversation in the playground, I want them to be saying not just, well, in my house, we believe that Jesus is God. I want them to be saying, well, actually, did you know that Jesus rose from the dead. And, and that's why I think he's God, because he's given historical evidence for that. Did you know that this is a God who can send down fire on the mountain? I, I, I wonder if, if the God you believe in can do that. And that's going to lead not just to good conversations for me with my kids, I hope, but also for my kids with their friends. Hey, friends, you are listening to the voice of best-selling author Carl Lafferton, who I am so excited to share with you today. We have a conversation you're not going to want to miss. But let me just pause first and say, Happy New Year! Happy 2021, the year we have all been waiting for. And though we know that things aren't going to magically change overnight all around the world, because it's a new year, I do think just having a fresh, clean start is such a good feeling. I always love a new year. I don't know if you're like me. I love the brand new calendar. I love to just have a clean slate and get started. And I think we can all look forward with hopeful anticipation for all that God does have ahead for us in this new year. And so I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. And as we step into the new year, I'm so excited to grow with you here, to grow as parents, to grow as moms, as women. And I'm excited to kick off this new year with this interview with the best-selling author of the book, The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross. If you have not got that book yet, you want to get that one for your kids. But Carl Lafferton just released a brand new book called The God Contest, The True Story of Elijah, Jesus, and the Greatest Victory. And you guys, if you're like me, I've read 1 Kings chapter 18 many times, and I was familiar with Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the contest up on Mount Carmel. But I hadn't realized before how powerful this is for our boys. You guys, boys are competitive by nature, and this, well, it's a big contest, and boys are drawn into story like nothing else. And so this is one of those books that's really going to help solidify your boy's understanding of the one true God. And as Carl says in this interview, 
He says it better than I can, so I'm going to let you listen. But how important that our boys are equipped with more than just, I believe in God because my parents do, or I'm a Christian because my parents are Christians. We want our boys, we want our kids to know why they believe in the one true God. We are raising our kids in a pluralistic society where we can't assume that other kids believe there's just one true God. So let's help our kids understand who the one true God is and why they should put their faith in him. And this book is so good at helping equip our kids to do exactly that. And I think you're going to love how Carl explains it and what all is in this book. And then hopefully you can get your hands on the book. Of course, I'll be linking to it in the show notes. So you can go over there, grab a link and get that book right away. The illustrations are beautiful. And it's just one of those books every family should have especially if you've got boys. Okay, so I just want to say story in general, and you guys have heard me say this over and over, but reading to your kids is so important. Stories are so important. My older boys will tell you that stories shaped their character when they were young. It helped them understand God. It helped them grow up in so many different ways. And to this day, even my young adult sons love story. They love to write stories, read stories. They are big fans of story because it all began when they were young. So I'm going to just continue to encourage you to find great books for your kids, read often to them. And then when they can start reading on their own, encourage them to read on their own as well. But the God Contest is one that needs to be on your bookshelf. So I can't wait to share this interview with Carl Lafferton with all of you. I think you're going to love his heart and be encouraged by what he shares today. So guys, I want to thank you again for being a part of this podcast community. Thanks for sharing this with your friends. We've grown so much in the last year. If you have not subscribed yet, subscribing is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. And also if you haven't left a rating, a review yet. I would love it if you would just hit pause right now and scroll down on your phone, find those five stars and tap on them. And if you want to leave a few words about what you love most about this podcast, that's a great place to do it. So guys, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in as Carl Lafferton and I talk about the one true God and how we can help our boys understand that. I'll have a few final words to say at the end. Enjoy. Hey, Carl, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Hey, Monica, thank you so much for having me on. Well, I've been so excited to talk to you. And I knew that you were in the UK, but before we got on, I was like, I just hope he has an accent. <laughs> so I'm happy to hear that you're a true Brit. Is that how we say it? And you've got the right accent to sound like a really smart author. So I can't wait to talk to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disappoint you now because I won't actually be as smart as I found. But I did read oh. somewhere that, that apparently if People with an English-British accent talk in America. We get about 20 minutes for free before anyone realizes that maybe we're not saying anything worth listening to. So um, we'll see how we do. Well, it always works for me. So I can't wait li to listen to you. And before we dive into this super fun conversation, can you just give a more formal introduction to who you are and what you do and even where you are? Sure. Well, um, I'm in London, England. I serve as Executive Vice President for Publishing at the Good Book Company. I serve as an elder in my local church. Um, more importantly than those things, I'm married to Lizzie, and we have two kids, uh, Benjamin, who's eight, and Abigail is six. Tell us a little more about your writing background, and that will lead us to what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Well, my, my background in writing began when I was a sports journalist. I did that for a few years, uh, but uh, long story short, I ended up uh, working here and Part of most of what I do here is acquisitions and editing, but um, I also write kids' books, which is 
probably the more fun part of my job. So a few years back, I wrote a book called The Garden, the Curtain and the Cross, which is kind of taking kids uh, from all the way from the Garden of Eden all the way through to, to Revelation 22 and just showing how the, the whole Bible fits together and centers on the cross. Uh, sold surprisingly well and um and and it's fun i get i get letters from kids and parents just saying how it's impacted their families which is just a, a, an amazing privilege then my new book the god contest uh, is just releasing and yeah that's that's um the probably the most fun part of my job mm, i love it well as a writer myself, I think most writers I talk to would say that we all have a dream of writing kids' books one day. <laughs> and yet, I think it's a really hard, hard thing to do. Like, you think it would be so easy, but then you sit down to do it and you find out more about the industry. And there's there's a lot of kids' books out there. But to do well with a children's book is really impressive. And so, well done. Congratulations on The Garden, the Curtain, and the Cross. And now, as we are sharing this interview, your newest book, The God Contest, has just released. I would love for you to tell us kind of how that grew out of your previous book. What's the story there? So, the story of how this book came to be written was uh, partly because... uh, some of the others at work said, hey, your first book did well, you should write another kid's book. And I that that terrified me because there are many there are many authors who are one book uh, authors. And um, I was fairly persuaded that that would be me in terms of kids book writing. But um, the book actually grew out of a conversation I had with my son. He had just started in, in school. Um, he was five years old, which is when kids start over here. Um, and he came home one evening. We, we live in a very multicultural area of London and so we were actually excited for him to go to the public school because we want to equip our kids to be able to live well in the world for the gospel and uh, he came home one evening and uh, I, was, I was about to brush his teeth and and he just said Daddy, I was talking to some of my friends and some of them say that there are lots of gods and another friend of mine said that there's no god at all and I, I said that I thought there was one god but how do we know that we're right um, at which point I in, mentally sort of rode back on my whole conviction about equipping them to be in the world and share the gospel with their friends and thought I, I was pleased that he'd asked the question, pleased that he felt able to come to me with the question, but I, I wanted to give him an answer that wasn't just, you know, the right doctrinal answer. I wanted to give him an answer that gave him confidence, that gave him space to think things through for himself and it gave him the ability to go back and talk to his friends in a way that was uh, positive and compelling. You know, the, the Bible gives us truth through story, truth through narrative, um, much more than it gives us truth through proposition. And so I started to think, well, is there a, is there a story in the Bible that I can take into and we can look at it together and share it and think about it that, that teaches in a positive and exciting way, you know, who God really is and how God has proved who he really is. And that led me to 1 Kings 18 and to the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, where they go up Mount Carmel and they have this amazing contest to to prove who the real God is. And Yahweh, the God of uh, the scriptures, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, sends the fire down. And um, after I chatted to, to Benjamin about it and we'd had a good conversation and so on. I began to think, well, I wonder whether this could end up being a, a book for kids, partly because I was very excited to see 
how the illustrator, because I, I, I work with a, a fantastic uh, illustrator, Catalina Echeverry, and I, I just thought fire on a mountain is such a compelling story for kids and the way she'll illustrate it is going to be amazing. And so that's that's where the story uh, grew out of, really. Oh, I, I love that so much. And it is such a great story. It's one that I think I hadn't thought of in a while until preparing to talk to you. And then just in my preparation, my oldest son, who's home from college right now, and I were both reading the story and just going, this is the best story. This is so good. And just such a fun one. So what a brilliant idea to use that to talk to your son. How how did your son respond as a five-year-old? Did he seem to, it, did it click right away? Was that a good conversation? Uh, yeah, as I remember it was. I mean, he uh, I didn't have the advantage of the amazing illustrations. And to be honest, in the kids' book, the illustrations are at least half of the, the communication. Um, I, I tend to think my, my words are going alongside the illustrations, trying not, not to get in, in the way of the illustrations. So, so um, yeah, and I think, you know, the thing is I, I kind of, I don't just want to give my kids um, the right answers. I want to give them the scriptures and I want to do it in a way that gives them space to think for themselves, uh, come back to it, grapple with it. And what I've noticed, I mean, you, I wonder if you'll be able to tell me about this because your kids are much older, but um, what I've noticed with ours is they sort of, they go in and out of a questioning phase about a particular thing they're thinking through. So, you know, sometimes it will be, you know, other, other friends of theirs who've got who've been brought up in, in, in other religious backgrounds. Sometimes it will be, how can we believe in the resurrection? Did it really happen? Sometimes it will be something else. And they, they kind of go in and out. And so I find this is a, almost a looping conversation that we, we come back to from time to time. I think, ah, we're, we're just asking that question again at a slightly older age and wrestling through it. Yeah. So I think it's a kind of, it's an ongoing conversation uh, rather than, uh, Hey, let me fill your head with, five great ways to answer this question and then you're done for the rest of your life. No, I I love that so much, Carl. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I share in Boy Mom that that's kind of always been my husband's approach with our boys is, is yes, teach them and yet also more importantly, equip them to find answers in God's word and to grapple with things because he always says, if it's truth, it will stand. And so show them how they can begin to learn from God's word and ask hard questions. And and it, you're going to love it as your kids get older, because now that my oldest two are college age, it's just so much fun to have them come home and, and have these deep conversations with us around the dinner table. And even my teenage son, just to see them continuing to process the things that began in their early years of childhood. So I, I just love that you begin that at an early age. And I think this topic, what your son came home from school with is so important. And, and I believe it was Ravi Zacharias, though I, I can't be certain, but I was listening to a podcast not long ago where, yeah, I think it was Ravi was talking about how there was a time years ago, many years ago that, that we could kind of assume in a conversation, at least maybe here in America, but that there were certain things, even if somebody didn't totally agree with you spiritually, that we could agree on things like, yes, there's one God and yes, there's heaven and there's hell mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. certain things that seem to always be in place, but we now live in a time where we cannot assume those things. That's what I love about the topic of this book. And so I want you to speak to us a little bit more as parents who are raising these boys who are going to have friends who come from different places 
why is this message that God is the one true God important for kids to learn? Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Well, I I think, um, you know, if we don't equip our kids to live in the world as it is, then we're equipping them not to stand. The world as it is, is a, a pluralistic culture. And, you know, I think that's actually a good thing. Um, you know, 200 years ago, if you wanted to go on mission, you would have to, you know, get on a boat and go overseas. And obviously that kind of mission is is still uh, crucial and fundamental. But, you know, here, here in London and in most places, in the, most places in the West and increasingly so, uh, I, I just need to cross my street and I, I will find people from all over the world. I, I, I don't want to be scared of that. I think as 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 Christian parents, I, I feel the impulse in me to kind of wrap my kids up in cotton wool and just sort of protect them from the world. But actually, my, my, my job is to equip them to go out into the world. And I think that starts, you know, from frankly, from when they're in the womb. Um, and th- there's no, you know, uh, we, we mustn't wait until our kids are 10 or until they're teenagers or until they're about to leave for college before we start to think, okay, now, now you need to be uh, built up in, in your faith. So, so I think as, as parents, we need to be enabling our kids to contend with what they're going to hear in the world. But I think, again, the, my impulse is to teach negatively and to teach by preaching at them, really. And um, I think it's Becky Pippa in her book, Stay Still. She says, Jesus came asking questions and telling stories, and we come preaching sermons and giving answers. And that's really stuck with me. And one of the one of the reasons that I, I love telling stories from the scriptures to my kids is that um, actually a story can grip their imagination. A story can go deep into their heart as well as engaging their mind. And I don't want them just to know the truth. I want them to love the Lord Jesus. Uh, and I think the best way often to do that is to say, OK, here's a here's a story from Scripture. Let's think about what's going on here. Let's um, let's uh, walk alongside these characters. And so, you know, the yes. reason the reason for going up Mount Carmel with Elijah, as it were, and then in the book, we then travel to Mount Zion and the empty tomb to see the ultimate kind of God contest where Jesus proved who he was. And the reason the reason for doing that is it gives my kids and the kids who hopefully will read this book. It gives them something to fall back on that is not just, um, well, my dad said this or, well, my mum told me that. But actually, in history, in God's word, I I can see for myself that here is God in a time of pluralism when, you know, the people of Israel were, were not at all sure whether Baal was God or whether God was God or whether both of them were God. You know, he, here is a situation like we find ourselves in today uh, and here is God proving himself. He's proved himself in, in fire on Mount Carmel. He's proved himself ultimately at the empty tomb on Mount Zion. And, you know, that's that hopefully is something that can that can stick with our kids uh, as they grow, that they can come back to as they grow and also that they can tell their friends about. Because I want my kids going into their school and next time they have this conversation in the playground, I want them to be saying, not just, well, in my house, we believe that Jesus is God. I want them to be saying, well, actually, did you know that 
Jesus rose from the dead. And, and that's why I think he's God, because he's given historical evidence for that. Did you know that this is a God who can send down fire on the mountain? I, I, I wonder if if the God you believe in can do that. And, and that's going to lead not just to good conversations for me with my kids, I hope, but also for my kids with their friends. Really loving what you're saying because it's, it's just been a theme personally for me. Uh, we've had some missionaries that our church supports here in Hawaii kind of during the lockdown. They couldn't go back to North Africa where they typically live. And so they've been doing some training with us here in our church uh, evangelism training. And and one of the things they do is exactly what you're talking about. They've and, and I feel like, where have I been all these years? I mean, I've been a Christian a long time, and yet they're taking these stories from the gospel, um, even some from the Old Testament, and they, they literally teach you to sit down and tell it like a story. And, and you're so right, especially with children, but even with adults, we love story. There's a reason Jesus used story and analogy. And when Amen. you can learn a story well enough to tell it, and then open the Bible and say, well, let's read it together. It's just such a beautiful way to introduce a non-believer or a young believer to the word of God. And I think, um, you know, my older boys do love story. I mean, they, they know movies, they've studied the story arc of different books and movies so much more than I have, but they will tell you that story is what's changed their life, their faith. And so I just think this is such a fun topic. And I encourage moms all the time to, you know, read to your kids as often as you can to really, uh, it's a gift to give your kids a love for reading and for books and for story. And then to use it in a way that points to God's truths is just beautiful. And I mean, I wouldn't mind, can, I wasn't planning this, but I'd can you just tell us a little bit more about this story that the God contest is about for those that are listening? I'm going to encourage you to go to first Kings 18, right? First Kings 18 That's and right, yeah. um, read about, yeah, but I mean, truly the, the story is so, I, and it's going to be in your book written beautifully, but talk to us about why this or how this, um, speaks to a child's heart on this topic of God being the one true God. Will you walk us through the story a little bit? I might interject too, because I just read well, it. <laughs> feel, feel free. So essentially, we've got we've got Israel, the people of God, and they're living in the land, um, but things are not going well, mainly because their kings are uh, horrendous. And so they are um, looking at the other nations and just wanting to be like them all the time. The, the king and the queen are Ahab and Jezebel, and they are very much on team Baal. And Baal is a local god who promises um, fertility, um, um, supplies, orgies, uh, therefore is a very popular god. Um, and there's modern resonances, of course, there. But so so we have Team Baal and then we have Team Yahweh, the god of the Old Testament. And uh, Elijah is God's prophet. And not many people are on Team Yahweh. And then most of the people are kind of in the middle and wondering if maybe they could serve both and hedge their bets. You know, maybe there are lots of gods, maybe there are no gods, maybe it's one of these gods, and, and they're not sure. And again, there's you know, modern resonance with that. And so Elijah basically says, right, we're going to go up Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal can build an altar and I'll build an altar. And whichever gods can send fire on their altar and set the bull that's on each altar on fire, that's the true God. And he says to Israel, it's time for you to decide. It's time for you to decide whether you're going to follow Baal and, and uh, honor and worship him, or whether you're going to follow Yahweh, the God of your fathers. Um, so they all got Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal go first um, and they march around their altar. I mean, it's hilarious, really. They march around, they 
don't say shout. And, and wait, there's like 450 of them, right? That's right, Is that what I, yeah. And, um, you know, and they, they do this, and, and of course, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. And Baal's, uh, Elijah, sorry, starts to please them. So he's like saying, maybe Baal's on vacation, maybe in, in the literal Hebrew. Maybe he's meditating, maybe, right? Maybe, Isn't that maybe, one of them? Maybe he's meditating. Maybe he's in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> you know, and eventually they give up. And then Elijah, and I love this bit, he just he gets all this water and he pours it all over his altar. There's absolutely no way that this thing can get set on fire. And then all he does is praise and he just says, Yahweh, please today would you honor your name by showing the people who you are, that you are the true God who has, you know, given them the land, who's given them the laws, who loves them. And boom, this Fire comes down, burns up everything, burns up all the water, burns up the altar itself, uh, burns up the bull on top of it. And the people realize and they say, uh, Yahweh is God. Yahweh is God. And um, and it's a great triumph. And then, of course, as is the way of the world, the people forget. And, you know, that's um, there's a lot of Old Testament history to follow, including the exile, because people cannot remember or refuse to remember. Who, who the real God is. And so in the book, I then basically just jump over a few centuries of, um, mm-hmm, uh, of, yeah. of Bible history and, and, and say the next, one of the next times that God proved who he was, he didn't come as fire. He didn't send a prophet. He came as himself. He came as a man, Jesus. And again, the people weren't sure, uh, you know, is, I mean, for, for Jesus to claim to Jews who knew there was only one God, uh, that he was that God. That's that's huge, and that's very controversial. And unsurprisingly, they struggled with it. Um, and so again, you've got you've got the Romans occupying. They have a myriad of gods. You've got the Jews, deeply monotheistic culture, but the idea of God becoming a man is anathema to them. And then you've got this guy saying, "Well, I'm actually Yahweh." And of course, he says, "I'm going to prove it to you because um, you're going to reject me. You're going to kill me, and three days later, I'll rise again." And um, we see that happen on on Mount Zion, and so again, um, all through the centuries since then, there have been many people who've been unsure. There have been many people who have been uh, very sure that Jesus is not God. But of course, we have wonderfully seen His kingdom grow as people have gone out saying, "Yes, actually, Jesus is uh, the God who makes promises and keeps promises through Scripture. He is the God who rose again. Uh, he is the God you need to uh, follow and serve." And so. Um, that brings us down to our own day, doesn't it, where we are surrounded by people who are not sure uh, who God really is or are very sure that he's very different to Jesus. And it's our job and our kids' job to hold fast to their confession, to say Jesus is risen and this is how I know who the one true God is. Sorry, that's taken us all the way to the present day. That's first Kings 18. It's, a, it's one of those wonderful stories, um, that, uh, particularly with Catalina's illustrations just comes alive for, for kids and, and, and is gripping. Oh, I, I just love that so much. And, you know, because we're speaking to an audience of boy moms here, I think it's fun to point out because a topic that comes up a lot in these podcasts is the fact that boys are competitive. Boys love a contest. Yeah. yeah. And so for this story to really ignite that part of a boy's heart that just want, you know, I think is, is that something that came to you as you were writing the book, you being a man and how boys connect to contests and competition? Yeah, so I think... Um... My son, it was like a switch had flicked in his head when he was about four and a half. He'd been very uncompetitive up to that stage. 
Um, you know, we would play a game and he would he would give me the best cards because he wanted me to win. And it's very oh, sweet. But then, but then something happened and almost overnight he turned into a competitive boy. It was it was mainly fun to, to see. But yeah, so he, he now, you know, we we love competition. We love winning. And um, part of, I guess, raising him and speaking to my own heart as I do is to try and teach him to want to win and then not be too bothered if he doesn't. Right. But, um, oh, but yeah, tough. you know, kid, kids are used to to competitions, aren't they? Mm. School is one long competition in many ways. And so, yeah, that that's what, if you like, gave me the idea for this book, because I think what grips kids is Bible stories well told, but also that they can see reflected in their own lives in some way and 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 say you know on the first on the first spread of the book we say you know there's lots of different kinds of contests there's sporting contests there's spelling contests there's singing contests well actually here's a book about a very different contest a, a, a god contest and i think that immediately just helps maybe maybe boys most of all but all kids say oh yeah i i get contests i like competition but I'd, I'd love to think about a contest where it's kind of between two two sort of claims to be God. That's that's a yes. cool kind of contest to read about. So yeah. So cool. So cool. Such a fun story. I just can't wait for everyone to get to check it out. Well, the other thing that I think is interesting you included in pages of this book is showcasing people who are witnesses for Christ throughout history who aren't necessarily Bible Bible characters. Can you touch on that, how they fit into things and why you chose to do that? Uh, so this is my favourite spread in the uh, favourite pages in in the book. I was expecting it to be the the fire scene because so there's the, halfway through the book where the fire comes down. You have to kind of turn oh, yeah. the book round and you've got this massive double page of of the fire. And I thought that was going to be my favourite. And then actually, I have to confess this this page we're talking about wasn't my idea so much as Catalina's, the illustrators, and she said it would be so cool to just have people who through the ages have bravely uh, contended for the truth about the Lord Jesus and have said, you know, Jesus is Yahweh, Jesus is God. And so it starts with Phoebe, who is who is in the New Testament, mentioned in the New Testament, and, and Thomas, um, who, of course, saw the risen Jesus and rather changed his mind about what he thought about who Jesus was at that point. And uh, church tradition has it went to India and was martyred there, but not before he planted many uh, churches. And then you basically get this long line of people, some of whom are quite quite famous. So, uh, you know, you've got Martin Luther in there and um, mm. and uh, Amy Carmichael and um, Elizabeth Elliot. But then then you have others who are maybe less well known to, to, to history, but who were key in, in the spread of the gospel. So there's, there's one woman, um, Clotilde of Burgundy. I don't know much about her, but her husband, was a pagan who ruled over a large part of Europe back in, mm. I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it was like the ninth century or seventh century, something like that. And he converted him. Um, it was an arranged marriage and, and by her witness uh, and her conduct, she converted him. And that meant that then uh, missionaries were, were allowed into his territory. And, and so, um, and he ruled over what is today France and Germany. So, so you've got these, these kind of people who maybe you haven't heard of, but actually, and the idea is for kids just to see that, if they're, you know, if, if my if my kids are going to go into their school playground and to their sports clubs and um, and so on and, and tell their friends, you know, Jesus rose from the dead. And that's why I'm confident that he's the, the real God who who made everyone and loves everyone. If they're going to do that, they stand in a long line of people who've done that. It's not it's not actually that weird uh, for them to do that. 
And so you have this page starting with uh, Phoebe and Thomas, and it goes all the way to uh, Mahalia Jackson, who uh, marched with MLK and, and, and with a wonderful gospel singer, and Francis Schaeffer. And then you've got kids at, the, at that edge as well. And the kids are the ones who hopefully uh, kids, as they read the book, will, will see and think, well, I could be that. I could be that. I could do that. So yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful page in 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 the book. It's towards the end of it. Yeah, and I think that adds so much value because I personally look for books like that. You know, collections of stories, and to be able to have all of that tucked into this great story is so special. So I can't wait. Of course, I'll be linking to your book in the show notes. Um, Thank you. Just such a special special uh, project. I'm so glad you did it. Can't wait for everyone to see the beautiful illustrations. If people want to find you right now, of course, find the book. We'll link to that. But tell everyone where they can track you down, follow what you do. So, um, well, you can see what I do in my job because you can go to thegoodbook.com, which, you know, we're a publisher. We publish all kinds of biblical, relevant and accessible resources for adults as as well as for children. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Carl Lafferton. Yeah, th- those are the best places to find me. And then if you want to find a book, The God Contest, you can go to Amazon.com or um, Christian Book or, or uh, virtually anywhere else that sells Christian books will we'll stop. Yeah, or thegoodbook.com, right? Or, of course, got the it. Good <laughs> my sales guys will be um, uh, cross that I didn't say that. So thank you for uh, reminding me. Of that course. And, of course, I'll direct from the publisher, and we're very grateful if you do. Yes, absolutely. We will be linking there first. And Carl, I just thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. I'm super encouraged and uh, I hope people start off by just going to First Kings 18 and reading that story and being inspired and and then read it straight out of your book. So thank you uh, so much. Happy New Year and um, God bless you. Thanks for being on the Boy Mom podcast. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me on, Monica. It's been great fun to be with you and uh, happy new year. Yeah, I hope you and, and lots of your listeners in, enjoy the God Contest. But more, more importantly, I hope that the God Contest helps them to have great conversations with their kids uh, about the Lord Jesus and who he is. Oh, thank you so much. Aloha. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I do encourage you to go over to 1 Kings 18 and just review that awesome story from the Word of God, and then get your hands on the God contest and share it with your kids. They will be inspired and equipped. And again, we didn't get to talk much about it, but Carl's first book, The Garden, the Curtain, and the Cross, is also phenomenal. So I encourage you to order both of those books. If you hadn't heard of Carl Lafferton yet, I think after checking out both of those books, you will be a fast fan. So I want to thank the Good Book Company for sponsoring this podcast episode. And I want to thank all of you again for being a part of this podcast community. If you haven't shared on social media, I would love for you to just take a screenshot of today's episode and share it to your Instagram story. And if you do, definitely tag me at Monica Swanson underscore. I love to see those and I often reshare them. So thanks for doing that. And also guys, thanks again for just spreading the word through word of mouth. That's the very best. So God bless you as you go into this new year. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.